All right. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you uh, tuning in. And uh, we have a couple guests with us here this evening, and uh, they have decided that they want to sit into the evening service. And so we are uh, welcoming, welcoming them. And uh, if you so desire to come and sit into our evening service, you are more than welcome to do so. So we have a great couple, very faithful, wonderful people, and uh, they're going to give me a check afterwards because they, uh, they told me to say that. So uh, they're here, and we're excited that they get to be here. So if you see me looking down there right in front of you uh, on the camera there, and we're just glad that we get to uh, be here and study God's Word together, and that's what we're most excited about. Hope you had a good afternoon. Not a very good afternoon far as weather, but I uh, hope you guys had a good day. Maybe you spent some time with family, different things like that. I was able to get some rest this afternoon, and I'm thankful for that. But 1 John chapter 4, if you would, please take your Bibles. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We'll beginning, begin in verse 1 here as we get started. Um, I, I can't help but think about our current circumstances all the time. I can't help but think about... Uh, how it affects people and how it uh, brings, um, shall I say, brings the best out in people. Sometimes it just seems so interesting. Um, but the pandemic has proven to bring uh, and show people's true colors. Sometimes not for good, but uh, often uh, people really show who they are. It has also proven to bring out um, some serious controversy. There's been some serious controversy, and uh, I don't think we've gone a week, for sure not a week, in talking about the type of controversy that there is, because there's all kinds of it, um, you know, whether masks are actually killing us further, or um, all, just all kinds of different things, what the government's doing, just all kinds of different controversy. Um, our media platforms have been inundated with all kinds of information. Uh, I was talking to a lady that today or this week, and she said that uh, her mom had gone through several of these pandemics already, and uh, we began to talk about that. And the, really, the only difference between those pandemics and this pandemic is media. And I mean, everybody's got their opinion, and everybody has it out there on social media or any kind of media um, to 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 just give to the world. But let me ask this question, maybe, you know, for those of you watching online, if you would give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down, how many of you believe everything that you hear, read, or see? If you do, if you believe everything, give me a thumbs up. If you believe everything you hear, see, and read, if you don't, put in the comments a thumbs down. I do not believe everything I hear, see, or read. The couple here is shaking their head no, so I'm assuming that's a thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right? Uh, I am a person that I do not believe everything I hear, see, and read. The fact of the matter is this. We all have different tastes. We all have different personalities. We all have different things that we see and view differently. And so I can watch the same video that you guys can watch and get a completely different uh, set of information from it. The same is true with the Bible. Sometimes we'll look at a piece of scripture and we'll uh, apply it differently to our lives. I mean, the Bible is of no private interpretation. It means what it means, but it's not to be applied any specific way other than uh, to ourselves, okay? So here's a for instance. I love meatloaf. I love it. It's my favorite meal in all the world. Now, some of you are probably going, you gross. Some of you can't stand meatloaf. I've often said that to people, and they're like, I can't believe you enjoy that. But I do. I don't know why. Just maybe this is the way my mom made it growing up, but it was awesome. I also love bluegrass music. 
And if my father-in-law ever watches this, he will tell you that that is probably of Satan. I'm just kidding. He wouldn't say that, but he does not enjoy bluegrass music. And many of you probably don't. You probably can't stand it. I know my wife can't stand it. Um, But some people um, enjoy different types of music. And so I enjoy bluegrass. Some people enjoy staying home. I'm one of those people. I enjoy being at home. But there's other people that like to be out and about doing things. Some people love being around the people. They enjoy that social atmosphere. Others are glad that we have been mandated to stay away, and we're glad that you are staying away. (laughs) This is terrible. I'm a terrible person tonight. Some people like reading their Bibles at night. Other people like reading their Bibles in the morning. Uh, Some people like topical preaching. Other people like verse by verse. So we have all kinds of different Uh, preferences. We have all kinds of different things, personalities, different tastes, all kinds of different things in our lives that we like. And we look up things according to how we view the world. And so I will look up things the way that I view them. I I often don't try to find a different perspective because I want to support my own perspective. I want to make sure I am right. And so I'll find all kinds of different information in regards to whether I am right or not. But how are we supposed to tell what is right? Is loving meatloaf right or is it wrong? Well, that's a preference. Nobody knows. Nobody really cares. But how are we supposed to truly know the truth? How are we supposed to understand? Well, here's where we pick up our passage in 1 John chapter 4. The Bible says in verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children. And have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so this is what John gives us. He gives us an opportunity to see what is truth and what is error. So we're going to take some time. We're going to break down this passage just a little bit and begin looking at it and trying to figure out what it is, how we can know truth and know what is truth. No, we're not going to talk much more about meatloaf tonight or bluegrass music, but we will figure out the truth of the matter. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here. And I pray that your will would be done here tonight. We love you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to even know the truth. And thank you that the truth will make us free. And Father, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, the first words that we read are, Believe not every spirit. Beloved, again, we believe that First John is written to Christians, to uh, fellow believers. And so the first words we read are, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Don't trust them. Don't believe everything that comes across to you. Um, I mean, we, again, I'm constantly reading all kinds of different things. I'm constantly seeing all kinds of different things. And now Facebook has this wonderful feature that if it's not true, they'll put on there, this contains some false information. I don't even know if that is true. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know if Facebook's lying to me and saying that this is false information. I have no idea. But let's talk about doctrine. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about where we are in our, in our, our, our Bible and doctrine and where God wants us to go. So the Bible talks about not being carried away with every wind of doctrine. So everything new, everything that blows through, we should not be carried away with that. We shouldn't be looking to try to do something different. We should just be trying to figure out what God wants us to do. Instead of being carried away with every wind of doctrine, we ought to be trying every spirit. Look again. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. And so don't just believe them. Don't just, uh, okay, well, this sounds good and this sounds lovely and everybody's doing it. Don't just believe every spirit. Try them. If you will, we ought to be proving them. We ought to be proving them. I say this to people all the time. Um, A lot of times my wife will make a statement and I'll say, prove it. Someone else will make a statement. I said, I want to know some more information. Why do you say that? Because I don't want just to believe everything I read here and see. I want it to be proven. Uh, the same, I just had a conversation just the other day with a, um, an evolutionist, and we began talking about different things, and, and I, I obviously, at creation, believe that very heavily, and he would say to me, prove that. I said, the only way I can prove that is through the Word of God. All the, and he would say, and I would say something about, you know, particles coming together to create a, a massive bang and all kinds of different things, and I say, would you tell me, where did those particles come from? And he could not tell me. He could not prove that portion of it. And the main gist of what I was trying to get him to understand was that evolution is a step of faith. You have to believe it by faith. You can try to back it up with facts all you want, but it's all by faith. And so here we are trying to understand what is the truth, what is false, what is right, what is good. How in the world are we going to figure this out? The question is this. Why are we not supposed to believe everything? Isn't everything in this world trustworthy? No. It's pretty obvious that it's not. Why are we supposed to prove everything? Look again in our verse. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Why are we supposed to prove them? Simply because there's false prophets. That's very simply it. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter if there are, you trust everybody and you believe everything that you hear. There are people out there that Satan has sent to deceive us. 100%. Ephesians 4.14 That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Listen to this part. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You see, they are trying. They are waiting to deceive us. They are lying in wait. It's like uh, if you are any, have done any hunting or anything like that, the goal is to lie in wait to get that animal to come across your path without them seeing you. And that's what these people are doing. They're literally lying outside of the path and they are getting ready to deceive us. As soon as we walk by, that's what they want. They're literally trying to pull us away. Obviously given to by Satan. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15, the Bible says this, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. 
Listen to this. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. They're coming to you. They're dressed up. They're already deceiving you because they're dressed up in a different manner. And they are looking like sheep. They're looking like cuddly animals. But inside they are ravening wolves. Matthew 24, 11. And many false prophets shall rise. And again, listen. And shall deceive many. Matthew 24, verse 24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, watch, listen to this, they shall deceive the very elect. So it's, they, they want to take and deceive the church of God. They want to take and deceive the elect of God. These seem like wonderful people, don't they? Just spectacular, awesome people. You should be friends with false prophets. No, they're terrible. They're trying to deceive. They're going to rise. They're against Christ. In fact, we find out in the book of Revelation that the, the false prophet is one of the big three of evil. We have the three of righteousness, which would be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And then there is the big three of evil. We have Satan, we have the beast, and we have the false prophet. Every one of them are deceivers. Satan, deceiver. The beast, a deceiver. The false prophet, a deceiver. All three are deceivers, and all are eventually thrown into the lake of fire for deceiving. You see, this is a picture, not, not that this is not going to happen, but it just shows that how desperately Satan wants to deceive us. He so desperately wants to deceive us. I want you to think about this. Back in the beginning, Satan was successful with 50% of the population in deceiving them. Do you realize that? 50% of the population, there's only two, so it's not that hard, it's not hard math. He deceived Eve. The Bible says Adam was not deceived. So he was successful in deceiving only 50% of the population. And look what we have today because of it. I have no doubt in my mind that far more than 50% of the population today is deceived. They're being taken. And they are being uh, thwarted. The things that they thought were true are not true. They've been made to believe a lie. So what are we supposed to do? Obviously, these people are professional deceivers. What are we supposed to do? I always get nervous, and if you're a used car salesman, I'm sorry to typify you this way, but I always get nervous around used car salesmen because I'm worried about what they're going to try to deceive me into. And that is a stereotype by all means, but it scares me. I remember pulling into a a used car sales lot one time, and we hadn't even gotten out of the car yet. We had just pulled in, and here comes three or four of them. <laughs> I just drove away. I'm like, no thanks. That's too aggressive for me. I, I, it just makes me nervous because I don't want to be deceived in any way. So what are we supposed to do against professional deceivers? Well, we are supposed to prove them. Prove them. How? How do we prove them? By what truth are we to compare them? Well, look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 2. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. All right, so this is how you will know the Spirit of God. Here it is. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Look at verse 3. In every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ 
is come in the flesh is not of God. Okay, so every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that uh, confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. Okay, so let's take a minute just quickly, and we can, it's pretty easy to understand that, but let's break this down again. Let's look at the details. Every spirit that confesseth, that confesseth. What does confess mean? Confess means to acknowledge. Acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you will, to profess. To profess, to say this is what it is. To agree and express gratitude. To agree and express gratitude. So they're saying, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and I believe that so heavily that I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. I'm expressing gratitude. I want you to understand this and make sure you understand it. This is not a passive like, yeah, I can give you that type of statement. You're talking to someone. You're beginning to talk about Jesus Christ. And the statement is not, I believe that, but all right, I can give you that. I concede to that completely different to confessing. Conceding is not confessing. It is this. I am making a statement with my life. I am saying I am a Christian. I believe Jesus Christ came to this earth. That is confessing. That is saying that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Not passive, but almost as if you are just making a bold statement. What are you confessing? Again, we've already said this a couple times. Look at the verse again. Every spirit that confesseth what? That confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in flesh. Notice with me, it does not say that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't say every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. does not say that. We, we read in, uh, in, the, in the Bible of the people um, believing that God in Jesus is the Son of God. But guess what? The devils also believe and tremble. So that's not, that's not the truth. That's not the test, the standard by which we measure this. Okay, do they believe that Jesus is the Son of God? That's not it. We, be, we believe that even, uh, even in the Gospels, we can see um, that, especially in the story of the maniac of Gadara, all the demons, they knew who Jesus was. Don't cast me out into outer, uh, out the outer darkness. Cast me into the swine. They knew who Jesus Christ was. So it does not say that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Note this. It does not say, um, confess that Jesus Christ was a good man. It doesn't say that either. It says, Jesus Christ was this, as the Son of God, being in heaven as a spirit, came to this earth and became flesh. John chapter 4, in verse 23 and 24, the Bible talks about God being a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. We need to realize, <coughs> excuse me, that Jesus Christ was a spirit. He was in heaven. He was standing, seated next to God's throne. And he was there. He is God's son. And he became flesh. We talked about that this morning. About the flesh and the spirit being at enmity with one another. This is not just some simple, okay, God came down. That's not it. This is a far greater thing than we ever get it credit for. 
We, we never give credit to the fact that the, the, the trouble that it would have been to leave the song, The Ivory Palaces, and come down to this earth and live as a common man. In fact, if you would, flip over with me to Philippians chapter 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It's one of my favorite passages. The Bible says this, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the, look at this, the form of God, Spirit, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, that is correct, he was equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, flesh, being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so when you come across someone that says, I confess that Jesus Christ has come to this earth in the flesh, you are confessing that Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as a spirit, came to this earth in flesh for a reason. For a reason. This is the standard by which we should judge a true and a false prophet. We're going to get into that and how it works itself out just a little bit. But this is the standard. And this is the tactic that we see in Antichrist. This is the tactic we see in Antichrist. Again, literally the term Antichrist means against Christ. They will be in the world, and they are in the world now. We know that in the end times there's antichrist and there's going to be a, a people that are against Christ and, and other Christ and false Christ that we see in Matthew chapter 24. Their goal is going to deceive and distract. To deceive and to distract, that's their goal. They're trying to falsify Christ. They're trying to pull us away from Christ. So how are we to overcome this? 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Their goal being to deceive and to distract. The Bible says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. How are we supposed to overcome this? How are we supposed to overcome distraction and deception? Well, if you'll remember from last week, we talked about being confident and clear. 1 John is written to give us clarity and confidence. Clarity and confidence when Antichrist is trying to deceive us. We overcome these false prophets here not by our own knowledge, but by the wisdom and understanding that God gives us. Look again, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. How? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are of God. We are not to overcome false prophets by our own knowledge. You see, some of us do that. We, we, we try to learn as much as we possibly can. We try to get, gain as much knowledge as we can. And listen, I'm not trying to say that's a wrong thing. But what we ought to be doing is we ought to have the knowledge of God. 
We ought to be gaining wisdom, the wisdom that Christ gives us. We are of God. Get this, we have his might, we have his strength, and guess what? We have his spirit. The spirit of God, John chapter 14 and verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall, listen to this, teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. This is what the Holy Spirit will do. So you're wondering, you're trying to struggle through, you're trying to understand who is a false prophet and who is the right prophet. Who is the false? Who is good? This is it. Trust the Spirit. Trust the Spirit. Well, we're talking about spirits and false spirits and which one do I listen to and how do I know that the Spirit isn't leading me down this road? James chapter 1 verse 5 gives us a little bit more clarity. If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. You see, you're going to go through times in your life where you genuinely, honestly have no idea what to do. You genuinely, honestly have no idea if you're supposed to take this job or go to this school or or you know, keep your kids home and homeschool. Like there's going to be all kinds of different things. There's going to be all kinds of pressure and all kinds of winds and spirits trying to tell you what to do. And you've got to sort through all of that. And you have to begin to ask yourself some serious questions. And you need to pray and ask God for the wisdom, His wisdom, because we are of God. It is His power. It is His strength. It is by all of His uh, uh, his truth that we can come to this, this decision. I believe we get into trouble when we humanly try to reason our way through a decision. I've been there. I've done that. My wife's, <coughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but my wife often has some um, really wonderful ideas. Let's go with that, all right? And uh, I, we, we say it this way. She's the wow and I'm the how. And so she has all these wonderful ideas, and I have, I have to figure out how we're going to accomplish all those wonderful ideas. And so I will say to her, all right, let's sit down, let's crunch the numbers, let's figure it out. And we begin to crunch the numbers and think about things, and I would say, oh, that's not going to work out, it's not worth it. When in reality, there are times in my life that I have crunched numbers, and guess what, it doesn't work out, but I know God wants us to go that way. I know it. And so we do. And I know, you, you might be looking at your, your tithe. The Bible talks about tithe. You might be looking at that going, man, I have no idea how this is going to work out. It doesn't work out on paper. Can I just, just be honest with you? For, for I don't know how many years, but as long as I can remember, I've been tithing. And I'm telling you, every time it works out. In fact, I can't prove it to you on paper how it works out. But that's the, that's the way God works. God gives us that wisdom. We get into trouble when we try to reason our way through that. There are times in our life where we just have to step out in faith, trusting God that this is the way it's going to happen. In fact, the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so let me encourage you, like if you're thinking about like trusting your heart, you better be careful with that because it is desperately wicked. 
when we're making decisions, when we're trying the spirits, when we're trying to figure out God's mind on things, we need God. John 14, 26, the spirit, his spirit will teach us all things. His spirit will guide us into all truth. That's what his spirit does. I love the part of the end of this verse because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have a God that is greater than anything in this world. Romans 8 tells us that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. If God be for us, who can be against us? You say, Pastor Yeomans, you're still not really answering my questions. I still don't know how in the world I'm going to overcome these, uh, these false prophets and these uh, different spirits. And, you know, I'm trying to make a decision whether I'm supposed to move or not move. And I'm trying to figure out whether or not I'm supposed to go do this or do that. Or you fill in the blank of whatever you're trying to figure out. How in the world am I supposed to differentiate these things? You're basically saying I'm just supposed to pray. Yeah, that's a good step. Excellent step. But let's continue on. You see, we have the most amazing opportunity of a relationship with God. Let me say that again. We have the most amazing opportunity of having a relationship with God. And yet Satan is trying to deceive us out of that. Back to Genesis. Adam and Eve walking with God in the garden in the cool of the day. Satan is trying to get them out of that. And does successfully deceives them out of that. For every one of you thinking, oh, Satan would never deceive me out of it. I want you to think about this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. As you can think you've got it all together and you can think that Satan won't deceive you at all, but just beware. Because it just takes one step in the wrong direction and then it becomes easier and easier and easier and you begin falling away. You just don't know what to do. Let's continue on. Look at verse 5 with me. The Bible says this. They are of the world. Speaking of false prophets. They are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. Verse 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. I'm sure most of you have heard the saying, birds of a feather flock together, right? Birds of a feather flock together. You know your own, okay? You see geese flying together all the time. You see ducks together all of the time. Snow geese, when the time comes, they are all together. Birds of a feather flock together. You know your own. You spend time with people who are just like you, and that's fine. We were with my family a couple years ago, and there were several children running around. I'm pretty sure we were at my sister's house. We were running around, and kids were all over the place. She has two girls, and we had our three kids, and I'm sure there were other kids. All of a sudden, we heard one of them crying. Most women would be able to relate to this. My sister immediately jumped up and ran to where the kids were. Beth and I looked at each other, and we knew it wasn't our kids. So we weren't as concerned as my sister. Now, granted, we, we are concerned. There are nieces, and so we, we began to make our way over there. But we knew that it wasn't one of our kids. We know our children's cry. My sister knew her kids cry. She immediately got up. We were, uh, this is exactly the way the world knows the voice of a false prophet. 
The world knows a voice. Again, look at verse 5. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world heareth them. Why? Because they're saying what the world wants to hear. The world wants to hear, you're okay, it's all good, you're pleasing to God in the state you are. That's what they want to hear. The Bible talks about teachers having itching ears. They're tickling our ears with it. But can I challenge you with this? Why don't you take you back back to the Apostle John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10. John chapter 10 and verse 1. The Bible says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a, notice, thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth. Watch this. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him. Watch now, for they know his voice. And a stranger Watch, please, please understand this. A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. Why? For they know not the voice of strangers. If you'll jump down to verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You see, the fact of the matter is this the world knows the voice of the world. And the false prophets. And we ought to know the voice of God, our shepherd. So a pretty easy question tonight. Do you know the voice of God? Do you know the voice of God? You're saying, listen, I'm trying to figure out all these different things in my life and there's so many decisions and there's so many, uh, if you will, spirits blowing into this thing and I'm trying to figure out how I'm supposed to decide what God wants me to do. Listen, in a crowd of people, in a crowd of all kinds of different things going on, we know our children's voices. I know my wife's voice. And I can hear it and I know it. How in the world are you going to know what God wants you to do? You must know the voice of God. I hope you're asking, well, how do I know the voice of God? Very simply, know God. If you want to know the voice of God, you must know God. Get this, the more time you spend listening to God, the more you will know his voice and the more you won't be deceived by the voice of an intruder. Listen, it's been often said, and I believe it was um, uh, Brother John Getch who had asked a farmer and, and actually tested this theory out. He was at a sheep farm, and the, the sheep farmer would call his sheep into the barn to feed. Brother Getch, I believe, said, let me try that. So he began to call the sheep in the exact same way that the farmer did, and guess what? Sheep never came. Sheep never came because that's not my farmer. That's not my shepherd. But as soon as the shepherd, as soon as that farmer who owned the sheep called, they came running. The more time you spend listening to God, the more you will know his voice. And you won't be deceived by the voice 
of an intruder. Again, if you'll allow me, if you don't want me to be blunt, go ahead and turn the broadcast off right now, but here you go. We spend so much time listening to every other voice that we don't take the time to hear the voice of God. You know what we do, and I'm guilty of this just like everybody else, we scroll. Not through the voice of God, but through the voice of social media and every other voice. We scroll or we flip the channels trying to find something to watch, something to entertain us, someone else's voice. Maybe you scan through the radio stations. Listen, there's all kinds of different media, there's all kinds of different ways, all kinds of different voices to listen to. But we spend more time listening to those voices than we do the voice of God. The most important voice that we can listen to is the voice of God. So you're going to you're going to struggle, you're going to try to get through this life, and you're going to try to discern between these things. You're going to use this standard of, okay, does this spirit believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? And you're going to try to discern that, you're going to try to figure that out, and you're going to try to know what it is, but you need to know the voice of God. I want to finish this by reading the end of verse 6 here. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. When you know the voice of God, you will know even better the voice of a stranger. This is how we know we have the spirit of truth. This right here, knowing God. The more of God we know, the more clear, the more clarity we can see what is false. I often think about art, and I am not a person that loves to look at art. But I know that, people, that there are people who love to look at art. That's all they do. They look at art, and you maybe have seen Antiques Roadshow or something similar to that. And uh, you've seen some people that know their antiques, know their art. And these people bring these art pieces in, and they begin to show them their art pieces that they maybe have gotten at a garage sale or through some uh, uh, inheritance or something. You know, the interesting thing to me is that these people know what is good art or true art or original art and what is fake. I don't know how they do it, but they will often describe it. And they'll say a real painting, a real Van Gogh, will have certain aspects of it. Why? Because they've looked at so many real ones before. You see, the more we know the true God the more we will be able to see a false God. The same is true with counterfeit money. The more you know the real thing, the more the counterfeit will be shown. Please, please don't be deceived. You'll be deceived the more you stay away from the voice of God. Try every spirit. Even the spirit of God. Try every spirit overcome false prophets through not our power, but the power of God. And we do that only and simply by knowing him, spending more and more time with him, abiding in him. And I guarantee you, the Bible's very clear. When it comes to those points where you just don't know what to do, the voice of God will stand out because you know it. I've been there. 
Not the most fun times of my life. But I've been there where I just, God, there's so many voices. Where do I go? And I remember kneeling down on my couch, expecting to be there for hours. And I'm not trying to say I'm perfect, but I've tried to spend my time with God and within four or five minutes, I felt the peace of God pass over me and God's will and way shown to me. And listen, I want that to never go away. And so you might be struggling with something, a decision you need to make, a problem you need to go through. Can I encourage you, find the mind of God, know God, understand his voice. And I know that you will be able to prove or try the spirits. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day, for the opportunity that we have. Father, I'm so thankful for the things that you've brought me through. And Father, I know that I can know you better. And I pray that I wouldn't listen to the voices around me. I wouldn't spend all my time scrolling and flipping through channels and trying to understand this world, but Father, know you more. Father, I'm just so thankful for the, even the opportunity to even say those words that Almighty God would want to be known by a mortal, dust-filled person. And Father, it is our goal to know you more. And I pray that you, we would continue to help us, encourage us in that way, help us to put aside our pride, put aside our flesh, and search for your spirit. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, if there's anything that we can do, maybe help you make some decisions, try to help you understand what the mind of God is, we would love to be able to help with that. And if uh, you're new to Bible Baptist and uh, want to connect with our church, there's a, a link in the description. You can check that out as well. We just want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. I hope it's been a help to you, and I hope it'll help you make decisions in your life. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. The one couple that joined us physically and the rest of you online will appreciate it and hope it will be a help to you.